Okay, everybody, this is Spaceship Spaceship 2, Dr. Nathan Henry Foxworth. What is it, Tegan? Yeah, Tegan. Tegan, Tegan from Tegan and oh, Sarah. Oh, I'm not in Tegan and Sarah. Is that your band? No, okay. Not my band. It's not his band. No. no, they're a famous indie band. They have a few million followers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A few million followers, huh? Okay, great. Well, what do you think, young man, about older people like me these days? Older Fielding you, you, you think we're wonderful? Some people can be wonderful depending on their age. I've dated two people who are in their 30s. Oh, you're not dating me, though. No, I'm not. I'm not dating Certainly you. Certainly not. Oh, my God. No. I would be deplorable in a relationship with you. Probably. We'd be going to court every year. For a divorce, probably. Oh, of course. A divorce, of course, a heart. And that's something you don't say in England. Right. But anyway, let's see what we got here. So you've got music out. I, I was very curious talking with you earlier. Oh, yeah, my music is, uh, if you search at Keegan Fair on Bandcamp, it'll come up. I have the only okay. three collaborations I have is with my friend uh, Adrian Litham, who does experimental ambient drone music. I had some early collaborations with him. I have an unreleased collaboration with Mike Dean. Uh-huh. And I also have um, an uncredited collaboration, songwriting credit, uh, 033 on a Russian rapper's uh, Saluki song. Uh-huh. I like some of that Russian stuff you played for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like some During of that. my short stint in the record industry. Okay. Uh, so, a contract so, so, with so, MWA music. So, slow me down here. Uh-huh. Before you mean a short stint in the record industry, what does that mean to you? Well, I'm, I've got records out, and they last for a long time. I know that. Well, for me, it was very discouraging because I was about to become my dream job professionally. Okay. I had gotten in contact with a lot of artists through the SoundCloud scene and free SoundCloud scene. So I was friends with Billie Eilish before she was famous, and a lot of them had offered their oh, contracts. And no, BPD, no, 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 no. I had kind of... Before kinda... she was famous, she was a child, young man. Exactly. Like, you're a child to me. She was very underage, yes. Well, we never, we've never been on a date. Oh, she, she, we, we were very close friends. So, what do you think of somebody my age that's in your belly? How would you interpret me to be? Well, did the, are you sexually attracted to an underage person? Am I attracted to Billy Eilish? Absolutely. Okay, well, I think that is a little bit weird, but less weird now that she's of age. <laughs> you think that? Although, pretty mean. Although, I don't want to say this, but she'll never see this, so I want to say this is that I was attracted to her at the time, and we were super close friends with Women are from Jupiter! Yeah, with a lot of inside jokes. And it was, it was alright, but I had a lot of inside jokes with Tegan and Sarah, too. Like, one of the inside jokes was Ooh. tilt the camera down and point at, t- at Sarah's left leg. Float the camera down and point at Sarah's left leg. Yeah, that was one How of would I do that if I was a boom operator or a, in a factory killing pork? Killing all the Republicans. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't go that well. Perhaps we'd have some argument for this old Ricardo Basal figure of my old history as a typewriter journalist back at Ball State history. Boom goes the dynamite level there, Daniel Tosh. <sighs> Daniel Tosh, what do you think of him? I think his show features some funny memes sometimes, but I don't really, not a big fan. Like, I remember the dude gets hit, I remember the classics, like, turtle, snake, I'm a sneaky, sneaky snake, and uh, the dude What do you think of Nathan's muffeting competition? I think that is kind of... Is it too far? It's not too or far. Or is it not far enough not for me? Case. It's not my taste. Is it not your taste? No, muff is kind of, it's 70s slang for a vagina. Is it 70s slang or is it 80s hymn? 
I what's think what's up with you kids? Definitely 70 something. <laughs> a very hairy <laughs> vagina. Okay. I, I prefer no hair on any bodies. <laughs> unless it's tightly trimmed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Tegan, tell me, like, how is how are you feeling living like in the same region where I live? Are you feeling the, the outdoor heat? We got this the solar eclipse today. Uh, are you feeling sucks. like what's that? I wish it was either fall or spring right now. Oh, okay. You, you spring. Like fall and spring for making children into musical instruments then I guess, huh? Yeah, I'm not a pedophile, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I did date back when I was almost famous, I I did date Charlie D'Amelio. And she was oh, 14 you, at the time. You did her too, huh? I, no, we never you know, had I've been sex. around the block. Ladies and gentlemen, Tegan, sex. everybody, thank you so much. Wonderful. Tegan from Tegan and Sarah. Probably not my band, though. <laughs> okay. Bye. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Nathan Fox. I'm up pretty early. I got my second shot in Moderna. I'm just feeling pretty happy. I get to hear from my friend in Hong Kong. And they're doing really well. And I'm so happy for them. Uh, they... I'm gonna disclose this. I can. I'm feeling happy about this. Uh, on the legal side of things here. In Hong Kong, there's a lot of different lifestyle choices that people have made over the years. And Hong Kong is so different than China that people have opinions about people from Hong Kong on an aesthetic level that beauty has perceived in Hong Kong is so different and just so unique. It's not weird for some Chinese folks. It could be, I guess, but for Americans, I mean... If you know somebody in Hong Kong, and you know the activism that's been going on in Hong Kong is as much as it is, uh, it's impacted infrastructure the way that it has, just think a little bit as to how that state can possibly recover from activism on that level of violence. There's so much violence that can happen in activism. And I'm just, I'm a lot less worried about my friend. Um, they're not that politically active, I don't think. And they're very, like, they're so beautiful. I'm not going to talk too much about them in this podcast here. But I just, it's private. It's very private, and we love each other very much. And, uh, you know, they have a relationship and shit, and it's like, really, it's what it is. Um, so, I'm just, I'm feeling really relieved to hear from them, and there's lag going on a little bit. I don't want to talk too much about lag, since I wanted to write about lag, actually, in a book I'm working on for a buddy of mine, this computer scientist as well. It's kind of a book, like, for, for him to read, like, he's a computer scientist friend of mine, Michael is in his first name, 
Who knows who he is? Oh my god, my friend Michael. He listens to my podcast, I know, and he's he really connected with me over email and complimented me on my podcast when I was doing my mandolin stuff. The first spaceship around, I wasn't talking a lot. And I've been struggling with communication sometimes and recovering from stroke, as it is. Podcasts can be what they are. Some people have a head for podcasts, and I don't think that I do have a head for a podcast. Or with battery life on my phone some days. But Michael is so geared out at his computer station stuff, and he really inspires me um, to have more of a desktop life if I could ever have that. And I don't. I'm always on the go, and I just. And I'm really envious of people who have a desktop computer. And just like, that's the way I feel in there. Um, on that side of things. But where I was going with this point is that, you know, when you write a book for a person, and they're still alive, and they love you no matter what you're doing. Just, you have a fear that they might not like what you produce. And I just, I have that kind of fear about this book I'm working on writing. And, you know, I have like 10 releases right now out there on the marketplace. About 10 books I've written. They're different. I mean, it's a lot of pages total of books. I can, I mean, in England, somebody can do some beautiful, like, um, variations on my books, like, different prints where they're, they're bound together. Some of the volumes are bound together, and they can be really big books and pretty and stuff. In America, we don't have a lot of that. But it does exist in America sometimes, but in academia not really on a consumer market as much. So like books and stuff, what's going on there with me? What am I freaking out about? Hong Kong. That's what I was freaking out about. I started this podcast and now I'm freaking out about computer science. And that can be life in Hong Kong. So some people really do freak out in Hong Kong. And there's violence. And I know that, but I just as a protester, people know me as a protester. I've written a book um, a long time ago, one of my first books that I wrote uh, as an adult um, that really elucidated my history of protesting in Washington, D.C., right up to the steps of the Capitol building. And I just have to say, to this rioters stuff going on? Guys, what is up? Why so much violence on our own buildings? And our own woodwork and stuff? Think about it. Like, on a carpentry level. Like, even on a fundamental carpentry level. To see wood and, like, beautiful glass and stuff like that inside of the Capitol building and to assault at that. To damage that just seems so scary to me. I don't even know what to say. 
like America is so old. And we're just really trying to get along with people. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So, okay. Coughing a little bit. Not doing too bad. Not coughing very often. Um, I definitely didn't get COVID. I definitely have been tested. I got my vaccine. And I'm kind of recovering from the second shot Moderna still. Uh, so my headspace is kind of in the game. I'm just kind of staying awake. It's really early in the morning. Um, where I'm at. And I'm just, I'm not struggling. I'm doing really good. Um, struggling with some mobility issues now and then. As usual. That's kind of the usual thing. Uh, kind of struggling to walk now and then. But I just want to take some time and kind of do another podcast here. I know some of my podcast stuff is different with the mandolin performances that I have. So my girlfriend, okay, I started dating somebody who really was interested in dating um, her same gender, if you will, same gender, if you will. that's kind of where she's feeling in her life. And she's, you know, her partner is really, like, expressing... She's kind of in a trust relationship with her partner. So, since Mormon Church collapsed, um, you know, where she's at, she kind of went more to her tattoos and, like, you know, that direction than Mormon kid-type behavior of kind of being punk rock. So she has cool tattoos, and she, okay, so my girlfriend, she's like, you know, pretty close to my age, a little younger than me, also. She's really excited to be hanging out with me as the older adult that I am. And like, we have this mutual guidance that's not manifesting, okay? Mutual guidance was something that happened inside of polygamy in the Mormon church. And it, uh, you know, it manifested in Utah in different periods in history. And different periods in history in Utah saw some writing and some binding of books in different book-like matter of shorter works that were typed and printed. Um, there are some printed volumes available in Utah. Still, should you be uh, uh, traveling, uh, that you can acquire these works. They're very expensive. I mean, straight up first edition, uh, hand-printed journals of polygamists, they're, on, they're for sale in Utah. And you can read these things. They're not, the writing isn't that good. Uh, you can tell. Uh, I've assessed uh, some uh, Mormons that I interact with, not necessarily Mormons, but Church of Latter-day Saints folks, let me interact with some of those papers in the tabernacle, and I was able to uh, assess some of those works in Utah firsthand. Um, and, you know, I've got my NSA background, 
Uh, working with Bluffdale Data Center, Bluffdale Phones, go Bluffdale. Uh, and where these works are at, I recommended to my girlfriend. You know, she was kind of feeling like maybe her vacation was to go toward family in Utah kind of thing. So, I get to date a Mormon girl. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh my god. And she's healthy. She's a lot like me. And she vapes. Okay? It's the thing. And she's so cool about it. We graduated from the same high school. And she's super cutie. Okay. Anyway. Enough about my girlfriend. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Let's do... We got... Oh, mandolin performances. Okay, so my podcast with the mandolin. Anchor, what happened with Anchor? There was some contention where people may have interpreted a new round of spaceship as being an impersonation of me, and they may have deleted one of my recordings by accident, thinking that I was being impersonated by another virtuoso mandolinist when I had some fresh material. Uh, it was very cutting edge, so we didn't lose a recording uh, out of the anchor pile that I was starting to amass. As you know, my first spaceship that I, I took off with there, um, when it comes to law and podcasts, I have some advice for folks that play the mandolin. So it was just hard for my girlfriend. This is what I was going to tell you about. Um, She's not used to hearing the word mandolin. She's not used to hearing that word. She's not even really that familiar with the instrument. Uh, So it's really cool. It's something fresh for her. Where she's going to be exposed to this tingy, kind of semi-annoying, like, auditorium, not-so-much-instrument more of a cathedral instrument kind of thing. So that was kind of this point I was elucidating upon, kind of trailed off onto there. My ADHD head is what it is, but I'm not on Adderall and I'm happier that I'm not on Adderall. Uh, I'm, you know, if I was on Adderall, I'd be smoking cigarettes, useless, utterly useless. Filing for divorce. That's kind of where I headed when I was on Adderall. Kind of sad. Uh, you know, and being a civil union with a woman is different. Um, so, my name means Natasha or Natalia, and Nathaniel is pretty much just the name that my my mom gave to the sport tank that was growing inside of her that really wanted to get outside and do some exercise. And, you know, my mom is not that, but she's an Olympian, and she's hilarious. And I get to see her today. I'm really excited. Uh, all right, this podcast is going to tank a little bit for some folks listening to it, but, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety with podcasts. And law and anxiety, how do we... How do we feel about a podcast over time? Some people feel that they want to 
really go for the podcast in the long haul. And when I look at Lex, uh, my friend Lex Fridman, uh, they've got amazing uh, interview skills and wonderful fighters and athletes and, you know, lots of our climber friends are engaging with them <coughs> periodically. <coughs> and I'm really excited to see and hear some of that that side of our climber friends are are coming up with in particular. Um, rock climbing is one of those things that as a geologist I just you, you have to do it. You gotta rock climb and you gotta study and you gotta sit down and you have to tear holes in your pants sitting your credit card butt in the sun. And, you know, it was really hard, I think, um, for some people to see me take on my geology role, where I was really stepping into this lifestyle for some people, and that's a geology that may have an aesthetic that is appealing for a while. But as far as the long run goes, as far as long-term health, You know, when we think about eye, ear, nose, and throat kind of things, geology is not one of those that challenges eye, ear, nose, and throat, but it challenges cardiothoracic. And I know cardiothoracic really well. Uh, So really, like, the back and the breasts and, you know, arms and forearms and finger dexterity kind of things going on, hands and surgery. Uh, some of my things that I really know very well, there are not things plural. I know a hand physically in surgery. Like, that's about it. I'm kind of useless. <laughs> so, uh, I just think about geology and this level of journaling earlier. I did some journaling, and I've been feeling that Yellowstone is becoming an issue alongside solar eclipse, which is coming through on us here. We got uh, 10 June here, about 4.40 on. Uh, you know, we're pretty close here. We're a little over on that. Um, time goes and things. But, you know, being at 5 GMT and not studying Yellowstone all day is just a different lifestyle for me now. And you can't be the geologist around town necessarily. Like, I can't carry my tools around and like hit stuff and not be questioned by authorities, for example. And just being a geologist is tough. I don't really want to be that again. But, you know, like, just being who I am. People know me, my friends know me. My friends. I know they like my podcast, and they listen to it, hopefully, and it's, pandemic's been tough on us, as far as social stuff goes, and it's not just a social distancing thing, social distancing is, to me, like, World War One, Kaiser Wilhelm getting shot in a ditch kind of thing, like, that's what that seems like to me. 
people are kind of just in the social distancing thing, start getting closer to each other, and, and just try it. Just chance it a little bit. But, again, it comes down to some language barriers in social distancing. Those are kind of two steps in there a little bit. We're like, well, you're close to just being ignored, looking at as a foreign tourist, or randomly assaulted at. It's likely not happening, hopefully. So for most of us, we're going to be feeling, I think, this forecast of, you know, Icelander giving you some comments on a big caldera, if you will. My big old Bjork bed. Great. Here we go. Is she going to yell at me again? She's so going to yell at me again. Bjork yelled at me one day from where she was at. She's done this to me before. She used to play games sometimes when she was high a little bit, or she would just like pick on Nathan. And Daniel Tosh does this too. It's my friend Nathan. Or the, uh, what was this? Nathan's muff eating competition I saw on Daniel Tosh level. Like, oh my god, so controversial. I would so do that as well. Like, good lord. And seeing this media right now, I'm looking at some simple fire prevention stuff, uh, Weather Nation level. I'm not going to disclose too much of that, since I'm getting horny for wanting to battle wildfires. And I'm just that horny firefighter, I guess. So, Bjork yelling at me, what am I doing? And that's, there are different calderas. So I think we're going to make it. Uh, Yellowstone's not going to pop on us too much harder, I don't think. It seemed a little bit. It did some motions. And we've got um, fires that are looking pretty normal in my in my view. Arizona had some footage that they just showed of some fires that look really intense and kind of brutal from a distance. But so far, so good on the footage that we're seeing. Uh, a lot of prevented a lot of preventative talks and simple fire prevention things that are going on, but yet again we have Caldera. Calderas can spew almost knife-like uh, rifling uh, lava tubes, if you will, through the ground that could start a fire. Uh, so pyroclast is what the fear was. It's called a pyroclast. When you've got that, the big head on the um, Yellowstone Caldera erupting and taking out millions of people. Uh, and there was that fear. So people have really adapted to that and moving in a way around Montana and up and through into Canada and things. People have been prepping, not in a gay rights way, prepping. So prepping, when I use that term, you know, prepping being introduced to me on like an LGBT level has been not insulting, but it's not even diminutive. I just, that's a different fear for kids. I'm afraid for the kids. I'm afraid for the children. I mean, that's Queen Elizabeth coming out one day saying she was afraid for the children. So, looking at a West Regional forecast uh, for my region, you know, it uses resources. I know that. I'm using resources in my podcast here. And trying to be a resource for my local community the best I can be. It's tough. 
some days. And, you know, I initially started this podcast, like, freaking out. A little bit of crying about Hong Kong, friend of mine, on some level of, like, relief, actually. Like, I heard from them. Oh my god, thank god. They're okay. And they're not, like, detained or hurt in protest stuff. And they're totally not like that, I don't think. I don't mean it that way. I mean, they, there are some Hong Kong activists that are so keyed in on social media. And my friend is not really... They're not used to social media, and they're, like, hitting some boundaries, and they're, they're gonna get it, they're gonna get it just fine, and they use cutting-edge gear, just like, I mean, I'm using, they use way hardcore, hardcore cutting-edge gear, dude, and they're very good. So, podcasts, you know, you gotta think, you gotta feel this out a little bit for yourself. Smoking during a podcast. Sure, you can do that. Joe Rogan's been pushing that limit a little bit with smoking and doing his podcast with smoking some CBD kind of stuff. Of course, you're not going to encounter actual marijuana. Sorry. You're going to encounter CBD stuff. So, kids, you know, prepping is where I was going with this idea. Prepping, to me, is Yellowstone called their prepping to have a bailout bag to move from pyroclast. Uh, when I hear prepping being used as, like, some diminutive street talk about it, what, are you prepping now? Are we going to hang out later? Conversations? I don't hear talk like that. But conversation might be happening like that. Maybe. But I'm not feeling that it is right now. In the LGBT kind of sense. Like, I got to hang out with a girlfriend who lives in my apartment building. And we went for a walk, like, around the block. Like, I love going for walks around the block. Like, this is what we do, like, over here in our apartment building. If we can, if we can, if we're feeling it, if we have the time. Because, like, we're so strapped for time, it seems. And, like, she got time off from work, and, like, we hung out a little bit. It was super tight. She's younger than me, but, like, kind of manly like like I am. And she's like super cute, super cute, and she's mouse. She's so hot. Um, Buddhism is not going to tell me I have a playback error with an HDMI television real quick. It's kind of her mentality, and she's so cool. She's got cosplay stuff. She's got a cat that I'm not talking about, and she's paranoid about the cat. I'm sure. She doesn't think you're allowed to have animals. You're allowed to have animals. I said you're allowed to have animals. You're allowed to have animals. Being a former veterinarian and like interacting with people in an apartment complex that has tile flooring, you're allowed to have animals. You just don't have to pay a pet fee. So that's just even cooler. If somebody ever told you like if you live on tile flooring and you're not allowed to have an animal live in here with you, they're a fascist Nazi, and that's not they deserve to be shot. They need to be reformed, and so <laughs> you know, just reducing the violence a little bit is what it is. Bats. Okay, what do we got going on with COVID and bats? Well, I know bats really well, and we had an incident in my apartment building with a bat 
past couple days ago where that came inside uh, that's name is Nathan that's what name they picked for themselves and they landed in the stairwell and I met this chick Monica she's super hot uh, Monica and I were hitting off a little bit and Monica was kind of like pensive a little bit in like conversation about a bat in the hallway I'm like what are you talking about I didn't see the bat in the hallway whatsoever uh, some, somebody said a bat in the hallway it almost sounded like there's a baseball bat in the hallway <laughs> oh my god I didn't see a baseball bat in the hallway whatsoever <laughs> oh my god I'm like, what are you talking about? Red Sox level? Like, real? So, you know, uh, Monica and I had a couple of, like, in and out of the stairwell together, kind of like, wait a minute, wait, oh, there's a, a bat! As in a bat, a little baby, little cutie, little baby bat. Like grown ass adult bat and exhibits. Such a cute baby. I can handle that. I can handle that. Just fine. Got that cleaned off a little bit from their paint and automotive addiction. Uh, I mean this in different ways. Bats are addicted to chasing around different chemicals that are in different radio schedules in the air. And they love paint, they love automotive, they love cars, they love watching cars, they love driving around people, they study where people going, what are people doing. There are little, little cats with pig noses, almost, that they balance on. And they're cutie babies, and their bone structures are all sticking out, all sensitive. Little babies, oh, so I handled the bat just fine. Bat and I, at first, we had a small incursion where I thought the bat was struggling to want to fly directly back outside, but I rehabbed it. So, for this podcast, you know, a lot of Wuhan China arguments and bats, we've people have got to understand that, you know. This debate about bats and COVID-19, it just seems like bullshit to me, honestly. That, you know, I, oh no, I swore. Oops, um, dang it, I was trying to not swear. It just, I don't know what to say. Like, a bat to human disease is one thing, but bats exsanguinate. And I exsanguinate, as you know. Many my friends know that about me. Growing up, I had my issues and things. But it's that feeling in my mouth with my teeth that I'm going to pull out blood from my body. And it's just weird. It's not anything but impersonal and very uh, objective and terrible. It's sad and very weird. Uh, but that's not true for a bat. Bats are cute little babies whom have adapted to flying. And this little baby bat Nathan uh, definitely like what I did was I 
rehab them a little bit, per se. So, how it is you can gauge a bat's behavior with water is one thing. When a bat is exsanguinating, oh, and you got some lights I just saw. Sorry. Okay. Oh, sorry. So, when a bat is exsanguinating, bats don't always exsanguinate, per se, which is when their teeth kind of separate a little bit and they pull in through the gums and they breathe in at the same time and they're pulling tension in through their core and then they're a vampire, kind of. This is not a fruit bat, essentially, is little Nathan is a woodman, technically. Uh, they're a woodman in that it's a stage or a level of where the bat is at. Uh, they wanted to be on the stairs. They wanted to walk up the stairs. This bat was trying to adapt to uh, walking up stairs, I noticed, over some small experiments without any needles or poking, prodding, or hurting the bat. I cleaned the bat off, got him shampooed and everything, and dried him off, and let bat hang out for a couple days when I was recovering with my Mandura second round, and then took little baby bat back outside. And we're back to being bat outside. So, aww. There's so many bats around here in my region. I live in Romania, it's like so key, bro, like, for real, and just different, um, I mean, I love Romania, and, of course, there's this understanding in Romania that some people work well with bats, some people do not, but some people really embrace birds and Christianity and symbols within Christianity, and some people are comfortable with bird feces interacting with that. I'm not so much uh, comfortable with that. I'm just fine with bat feces and guano, that type of thing. I can handle that. Uh, I can clean that up. And I've already cleaned my apartment up pretty much. I cleaned my floors. I got my Swiffer thing going on. And I've got my books all organized again. Little baby Nathan and I struggled. We were both kind of sicky on similar schedule. But then again, you know, that's not to dismiss all possibilities that COVID-19 came from bats. But then again, we have orthohonta. Orthohonta is fear that I have uh, for people to keep mice and small animals. Not for experiment on them type shit. You know what I mean? Uh, just as mice as a pet. Uh, sorry. Got a little black heart on that uh, comment, I think. This podcast, I'm trying my best. And it's about the half hour mark here. I just want to give you some feel that we're going to make it through this pandemic, and we are. There's just, life is very different under the ground, and 
some animals are coming up from under the ground and are wanting to live above ground now, and one of those animals are bats. Bats are wonderful animals. They're cute, and they're soft. They're so soft, oh my god. They're sensitive, they're very sensitive. They're expressive, and they look for mommy and daddy. Mommy bat is providing food, and daddy bat serves bat. <laughs> oh my god. It's so like that in bat culture. And bat, uh, you know, not a culture by way of a petri dish or whatever. Have some type of multiple bat living scenario going on, like a belfry. Should I have some type of Bellandi like parlay into discussion of having a church choir before every time I wake up? Nathan, the bats are well fed. You're free to go. <laughs> it simply would not happen. <laughs> so, there's that. And with that, I think that so far, having interacted with an actual bat on a level of mouth-to-mouth rehydration of the bat and cleaning off their paint uh, interactions, they ran into some industrial paint in our region over here where we live in. I cleaned them off from their industrial paint that they got sprayed with a little bit in a schedule, like a radio schedule, if you will. They kind of surf through waves of paint to get high. Actually, uh, bats do. They seek out different combinations of paint and they make, they like colors and they like playing with paint and they like, they like it. They like paint. But they smell like paint and automotive sometimes, which is when a bat is, could be in the life. And this bat rehabbed him successfully and he's, he cleaned up, started smelling really good, and like, yay, happy bat. It was so positive. It was so wonderful. So good. Oh my god. So, some people, just when it comes to rabies and orthohanta, people are really judgmental about people from England and Russia. And there's a lot of it in Iceland as well, some judgmental, not so much Iceland when it comes to bed or the hunter and rabies, I mean, but Icelanders are being, you know, they understand bats take to wool and eat wool, but again, having a multiple bat situation, you know, the bat become very depressed living inside of my apartment, so I keep them inside, so... That's just why I want to bring them back outside. Plus, it, when they exsanguinate off of your feet and things like that, it can be awkward. Unless you're into that. Some people keep bats that way. For me, it's got to be going on. Bats are such little babies. So, domesticating foxes, huh? Yeah, foxes are very expensive animals to keep. They eat a lot of food. Excuse me, having a cigarette. <laughs> oh my god. 
as if this podcast could not get any worse. <laughs> Nathan Fox Spaceship Podcast. And a smoke break. <sighs> but could it be that there is some correlation? Proposed some scientists during Trump administration with Wuhan. You know, animal market in Hong Kong is what it is. And my connections with Hong Kong are really legit, and we aren't doing any money stuff. Because we're not spies, we're so not feeling the spy culture thing. We just aren't that way. We're both on disability, we're friends. On like a cyber level, if you know what I mean by cybering. We cybered a little bit and they cheated, kind of. So, here's that. I cheated too. So, I feel guilty about it. Really guilty. Cybering can lead to really hard choices in relationships. But it's worth it, though. That's my opinion, still. LinkedIn is upsetting us. Rand and I want to cyber. And Rand and I know how to cyber.